Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. This corporate worship, Father, this worship belongs to you. You are a corporate God. Therefore, we worship you as a corporate body, as an assembly of many assemblies this morning. Father, we thank you for even the churches in Perth and Boy. Father, I pray that you, every church that is, um, that is yours, I pray that you would anoint the pastors, anoint the speakers, anoint the praise and worship. May you get glory in this city today, Father, like you've never got, gotten glory before. Holy Spirit, help us to give glory to the Father and to the Son. Oh, hallelujah, we praise you and we glorify you. I pray that you'll grant unto your people supernatural, um, um, Open supernatural insight, granted to them um, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them who believe. And we give your name, glory, and honor. Just lift up your hands for a few moments. Just lift up your hands and you speak well of your father. Just take a few moments. Father, we worship you. We love you. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for angels, angels surrounding, surrounding us, angels at our properties, angels watching over us, keeping us in all our ways. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us and causing us to walk in the ways of God. We praise you and we glorify. Thank you for brand new mercies today. Thank you that we woke up with mercies. Oh, Father, we woke up to mercies. We woke up to some goodness. We woke up with good news. Father, I thank you, Father. I thank you even when the bad news came, good, the goodness of, your, of who you are was, was greater than the bad news. Oh, Father, I praise you and I glorify you. We praise you. We confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead on the third day. We believe that. We embrace that. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Father. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, the chastisement of our peace was placed upon him. And as with his stripes, we are healed. Not trying to get healed, we are healed. That is our reality. We are saved. We are filled. We are separated. We are consecrated. We are um, godly before you. We are righteous. We've been made righteous in your sight because of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for this precious gift. We thank you for the, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. It's good to be with you all this morning on this wonderful, is it uh, sunny or is it raining? I know it's supposed to rain all week, but we want to thank God for the rain and the sun. Amen. Um, I, I bring you greetings from my lovely wife from Atlanta. She is um, at, at a family reunion, and she, um, she wanted to FaceTime praise and worship. So as Minister Allen was singing, she was in the background, hallelujah. She was standing up. I'm like, wow, this, you really have a church. <laughs> Maybe we should take Trey's advice. <laughs> um, and she was going in. I mean, I think she was shouting. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> but she wanted to be a part of this. Um, our corporate gathering. She's at a family reunion down in Atlanta and with our youngest son. Our oldest son is at home with my mother 
So I dropped him off this morning. He's been sick all weekend. And so y'all lift him up. And then my mom is not feeling the greatest. So I said, Mom, can you please take that even though you're feeling well? And um, so just keep them in prayer. Amen? Amen. Um, today we're going to talk about corporate worship, um, encountering, encountering God together. So we've been talking the last four weeks, I believe we've been talking about worship uh, in our worship series. We talked about individual private worship for two weeks. Um, the first message was called Alone in His Presence. The second was um, um, Anointed to Be With Him. Then the third message was Family Worship. And then this, the fourth message which was um, also Family Worship. And so how many, oh Jesus, how many have been doing fam, private worship? Let me just see your hand. Every day, every single day. Okay. All right. And how many of y'all been doing family worship? Let's look at, let's see the people of God. Amen. Amen. That's better than what was last week. <laughs> Amen. So family worship is, is a time where you spend alone with your family. 10 minutes. We challenge everyone 10 minutes a day as you spending time reading the Bible, praying, and singing a song. 10 minutes. You can do that. 10, I, I say 10, maybe 15 minutes. So whatever works with your schedule, you may do it in the morning before everybody go, leaves for the day. Or you may do it in the after, like at, when everybody gets home right before dinner or after dinner. Um, so we, we're challenging everyone to do that. That is going to help your family. That's going to ensure that your, your kids are hearing the gospel weekly and daily. Amen. Amen. And so I, I just want to encourage you that um, last, what we did last Sunday, my family, not only did we have family worship, but we took the whole day to observe the Lord's day. How many know the Lord has a day? Amen. It's his day. Everybody said, well, somebody might say, well, every day is his day. You're absolutely right. But there is outlined through scriptures, even from the beginning, that there is a day that in which God wants us to rest. And so as Christians, historically, we believe that Sunday, Sunday is the Lord's day. Um, Old Testament saints, what they did is they observed what they call the Sabbath, which is a Saturday. And the Christians wanted to distinguish between the Jews in the resurrection Christ, resurrected Christ. Christ was raised on a Sunday. And so in observation of the resurrection, they allocated Sunday as the Lord's day. And so last week, we got home, ate, rested, no television, no smartphones, no tablets. And we just played praise and worship music and along with some good gospel music. And we just had a day of consecration to the Lord. And my oldest son, what, what can I do? You can rest. And I let him play in the presence of God. And so he played with his little toys and so forth. And then we came together and we prayed and we read the scriptures and, and we sung a song and we prayed for some of you all. We called some of you all out by name. Don't, for those who we didn't call out, we do it throughout the week, okay? <laughs> so you only left, felt left out. Um, but we prayed and, and, and it was a wonderful time. And on Monday morning, we felt refreshed. So as we go and end this today and next week, we'll talk about corporate worship. And then the following week, we'll probably talk about the Lord's Day just to give you some options and some challenges to make that day the, really the Lord's Day. Back in the day in this country, they used to observe Sunday. Everything used to be shut down for the most part. Um, even now, um, car dealerships, they don't, they're not even open. Um, Chick-fil-A is closed on the Lord's Day. And they're really, they're blessed too. They tithe, they take 10% of their um, um, the revenue and they give it to the Lord in some way, shape or form or charity or something. 
and they observe the Lord's day. And they're not, they said, we're not going to compromise. We're going to close down for business and observation of the this is his day. Amen. And, and so and I know some of y'all may work on, on Sundays and so forth. But I'm going to tell you something. As a person who majored in labor studies and employment relations, you have a right in this country to fight for Sundays off as part of your religious beef, belief. So we're going to leave it right there. All right. So let's go. Corporate worship. Encountering God together. John chapter 4. Let's go over to John chapter 4. Talking about worship. Man, that, that, that was a wonderful time of singing to the Lord, wasn't it? Really enter into his presence. John chapter 4, let's look at, I know we have 24, let's look at verse 21. John 4 verse 21, Jesus said to her, There's, here's a woman, uh, the woman of Samaria, she, she was coming to the well and she was trying, getting, getting water and Jesus began to read her mail. He began to say, go get, call your husband. And the woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus replied, you, you are absolutely right. For you have had five husbands. And the one that you're with now is not your husband. Here's Jesus calling this woman, reading her mail and calling her on the carpet. And in and, and 19, and she says, oh, I perceive that you're a prophet. Duh. <laughs> and then Jesus replied to her, woman, believe me. Woman, believe me. The hour is coming that neither... On this mountain, nor in Jerusalem, will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So Jesus changed the way she looked at worship. Worship is not just at a place, but as the Christian, everything that we do is worship to God. From our singleness, to our marriages, to our children, to our work, to our gatherings, to our finances, to our, to our, our exercising, Everything that we do as Christians has to have the potential to be worshiped to the Father. And so today I want to talk about corporate worship. Many people think church is optional as followers of Jesus, but how many know that it really isn't? It's a command from the Lord uh, that his people gather together. Corporate worship is just as important as individual worship and family worship. So let's change the way that we look at Sundays. If you serve any, in any capacity on Sundays, understand that that's part of your worship as well. Whether you're playing the keyboard, playing the guitar, or on the drums, or singing, or helping out with the children's church, or a, a vacuum, or a, a cleaning up the toilet, that's part of worship. Today, again, we're going to share about corporate worship. There are um, a plethora of information about corporate worship, but I just want to give you a, a, some nuggets. What is corporate worship? What is worship? Many have thought worship was something to do with music. It includes music, but it's not limited to music. Amen. Because you can play music, and that's it. And you can sing, and it's not really worship. So go with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house 
of the Lord forever. Forever. So he's talking about dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Now we know from the Old Testament, the house of the Lord was limited to um, their, their building or the, the, um, the Ark of the Covenant. But in the New Testament, we are the house of the Lord. We are the temple of the Lord. So in one sense, we can say that our gatherings is really the house of the Lord because individually we come together and we make the house of the Lord. Go to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Verse 4. One thing I have asked of the Lord that will I seek after that I may, what? Dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. Here again, David is crying out. He, he says, you know, I'm asking of the Lord one thing and I want to be in his house. I want to be in his worship. I want to worship the Lord forever. That's what David is crying out for. And we know that David is a man after God's own heart. And I believe one of the reasons why he, he is considered a man after God's own heart, he was a worshiper. He was a praiser. And as Christians, we, we're not just limited to worship when we do this, okay? But this is important. You need to lift up your hands. You need to speak well of the Lord. That's praise and worship. That is part of it. But also our gathering. When we come together, we're worshiping. Uh, most churches will call their Sunday services, what? A worship service. It is from the beginning to the very end, to the opening prayer of church declaration, to the benediction, all of his worship. And we have to see that. As a kid growing up, I thought praise was the fast songs and worship was the slow songs. Are we here to worship? And I wasn't completely wrong, but I wasn't completely right. All of it is worship. The beginning prayer to the benediction. And then as a Christian, I take Sunday's worship and meet Monday's work. And my work becomes worship. Even though I may be working for Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so or this company or that company, my real boss is Jesus. And so my job becomes worship to the Lord. Amen. Acts chapter 10. Let's go. I mean, excuse me. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Jesus was telling the woman at the well that you worship what you don't know. Well, we worship what we know. We do know because salvation is of it's up from the Jews. And he goes on, he expounds on that. He says, there's an hour coming, but now is the time that God is seeking true worshipers. And I often say, if he's seeking true worshipers, he's missing them. He's missing them. Acts, I mean, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, says this, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but engaging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the scripture tells us not to neglect our assembly, not to forsake that. The enemy, is he doesn't, he, he doesn't mind you reading the Bible individually, but there's something about it when we come together corporately. It's something you cannot get by yourself. I'm a man of prayer. I'm a man of somewhat fasting. I'm a man of the word. But I'm telling you, you cannot get what you get corporately, individually. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You spending time with God, you and God, 
oh, I love you, Jesus. And you're ministering to the Lord, and the Lord's ministering to you. And then you move that over to family worship, and you get your family together, and you're worshiping together, and you're praising God together. And then, but still, it's not enough. Then there's the corporate gathering. So as together, as we come together, we all bring a, su- a supply of the Spirit in this place. Just imagine what would it be like if everybody spent time with God individually, as a family, and then came together corporately. If you're doing that all throughout the week, and you come together, whoa. You're talking about living under an open heaven. Something happens. The reason why some praise and worship leaders have to lead people so long is because they haven't been doing it all the week. If people spend time with God, it's easy to get in the spirit. It's easy to get in that place. But some, unfortunately, some, you have to encourage, have to, you know, come on, praise God. Oh, come and, and, and partake of his goodness. And if you've been partaking all week, you'll see the value of us get, gathering together. Amen. Let's look at verse um, 23 in a minute. Uh, We know that this building isn't necessarily the house of the Lord by itself. We are the temple of the Lord, both individually and collectively. God and his people are not separate. We must love the Lord and his people. I was talking to somebody the other day, and and they were saying that um, they don't really go to church um, they grew up in church and they said, I love the Lord. I still have a relationship with the Lord, but I, I just don't want to be a part of a church. And I said, and I'm thinking like, hmm, you don't really know the real Jesus. Jesus, isolation is dangerous. Everybody know that isolation is dangerous, right? In Proverbs, it talks about that. Um, you, you cannot counsel yourself because <laughs> the heart is deceitful. And you'll counsel yourself and you'll legitimize or justify sin in your life. Oh, you know, that's just a little sin. There is something to it when you're accountable. Here's God who is almighty, and he himself lives in community. God lives in community, and yet there's some Christians who want to live individually. God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he dwells There's a counsel between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is a love. There is a fellowship. And yet, some Christians don't want to be a part of a body. Your heart can't operate by itself. (laughs) I mean, you let take the heart out and see what it can do. Though it's important. It's extremely important. You know, you can live without a kidney, one of them. Um, you, You might can live without some other parts of your body, but you need that heart. But the heart will not be able to function without the rest of the body. It needs to be connected. And likewise, corporate worship, when we come together, you, it's not just you and God, but it's you, God, and his people. And it's been like that from the beginning to the point where God says, Adam, I don't want you to be alone. It would have been nice. And so it is wrong for these people who, I'm going to be a monk. I'm going to be a, 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 a nun, none, yeah, a nun, and I'm just going <laughs> to spend time with God by myself. I'm going to go up in a mountain, and I'm just going to be me and God and nobody else. And, and No, 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 you're not really in ministry. You are in error. That's not ministry, because ministry includes people and God. You can't have a ministry and you have no people. <laughs> 
You got to have people. I love what my former pastor, Pastor Lawrence Powell, used to say. He's, you know, he says, well, there is no vision, the people perish. Or where there is no people, the, the vision perish. You got to have people in God. God is concerned about his people coming together and his people being individually worshiping him together. Uh, individually, I'm sorry. And so here, from um, we know that the building itself is not um, the house of the Lord. But there is something. It's the little houses all come together, making a habitation for the Lord. Giving your life to Jesus isn't about you and Jesus, but it's about you, Jesus, and his people. This kingdom, his kingdom and his way of doing things. From the beginning, the Lord has always wanted to meet with his people together. Church was not instituted by man, but God. It's like in an age that we're living in, people are anti-church. Anti, I'm, I'm against the institutional church. Well, you're against God. You're against God. God is concerned about the collective gathering as well as the individual prayer and private time. Some say that they believe, but they deny the gatherings of his people. These people aren't saved or they're really deceived by the enemy. If you encounter a Christian who says they follow Jesus but don't go to church on a regular basis, they are deceived. You cannot have an active relationship with Jesus and not want to be with his people. Impossible. God will give you a love for people that you don't even like. How can you fulfill the scriptures that says love one another, pray for another, one another? It's not just you praying for the world per se, but you dealing with your brothers and your sisters. When conflict happens, and it's going to happen to all of us, right? And when conflict happens, then it's an opportunity for us to exercise patience, love. You know, you can say, oh, I, I want to marry this person. Oh, you know, I just love them. But true love is tested when you, after the honeymoon is gone, right? <laughs> and you find some reality, and you're smelling their breath, and you're smelling their poop, and you you smelling their must, you know, and you're like, whoa, Jesus is real. I really love you. I love you with your rollers. I love when you got gray hair. I love when you're bald, when you're short, tall, fat. You gain some weight. You lose some weight. Come on. Through sickness and health, whether you're happy or you're sad or you're depressed, I'm going to love you to stay. Well, likewise, in the church, you get a chance to really practice what you believe in the local church. You're going to have many opportunities to forgive. Oh, they get on my nerves. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, they get on my nerves, Lord. Oh, Lord. I can't stand so. So they always got to correct me. Oh, they always got to say something critical. I mean, how many know you got to, oh, that's so-and-so. They always got to pray. Every time, oh, you know, you share something, oh, let me pray. Let's pray. <laughs> I know people like that. They just want to pray. They'll pray at the gift. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying the name, but my mom has a friend, and in the moment, it's, it's, you just say, God is good. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, you're good. <laughs> and then you got you got people who want to pray all the time. People who want to prophesy. They always give you a word. The Lord says, da, 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 da. go sit down. <laughs> or you got, let me show you this revelation. How many of you, it takes a very special um, grace to deal with God's people. <laughs> you got so-and-so. Oh, wait, let me stop. All right. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let's look at verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our our hope without wavering for he who promised, he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
as the day of Jesus is coming close, that's the day we should even more so want to gather together. So let's take some things from this passage. We must hold fast our confession of faith. That means speaking God's word daily. And it goes on and says, we must stare and even provoke one another to love and good works. When the last time you provoke someone to good works? Really provoke them to good works. Encouraging them to do what's right. Encourage them to do the will of God. So we must stir each other up and provoke one another. And then not neglecting the assemblies of the saints. Some have and have been drawn away from God's plans. Some have departed because of church hurt. How many of you ever heard church hurt before? But I'm going to tell you something about church hurt. People have lifted up church hurt as if that's the only hurt that they ever experienced. They have idolized that hurt above God's word. God never promised that we'll never get hurt. But he didn't promise that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. You will get hurt at your, in your, just live a little bit. In your family, you'll get hurt. You don't depart, you, well, some of y'all do, I'll divorce your families. Or in your job, you get hurt. They overlook you for a, a promotion. In the streets, you'll definitely get hurt. <laughs> and then in the church, you, you're going to get hurt. But that doesn't mean that you quit or you stop coming to church because of some hurt. Grow up. You get married, you're going to get hurt. Your spouse is going to hurt you through their words and through their actions. Now, that doesn't give you permission to go do it on purpose, all right? Well, the pastor said, I'm going to hurt you. Let me hurt. Let me exercise my feet. <laughs> no. But you're going to get hurt. Your kids are going to hurt you. Have some kids. They'll hurt your little feelings. They said, my oldest son, daddy don't sing. No, God doesn't want to hear you sing. Mama, you sing. <laughs> daddy, don't sing. God, God will just take words for you. Just speak the word. <laughs> Y'all think I'm playing. That little boy, I'm like, what? <laughs> you hurt my little feelings. <laughs> boy, I'm going to sing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> off key and all of it daddy I mean I mean, one time if this doesn't motivate me to want to lose weight nothing will when Destin was a baby he, he, well a little, little younger daddy um, why do you have breasts okay I'm going to jail <laughs> today <laughs> right now um that would hurt. Or you have a wife, you preach a good word, at least you think it's a good word, and everybody else thinks it's a good word. Oh, that was so off. You were in the flesh. Thank you. Yeah, you need to work on that message a little bit more. Pray a little bit longer. Or I tell her, that was in the flesh. What you were singing, mm -mm, don't sing that song ever again. <laughs> Totally unscriptural. What? <laughs> we, talk, we have these conversations. I'm not afraid to tell my wife that that was a horrible meal. Now, some of y'all cannot do this. Do not do this at home because I do not want to have some counseling session this week. But me and my wife, we have a special, we have a special relationship. We will tell each other, no, don't you ever cook this again. That was horrible. She, she asked me, all the, what do you think about this sweet potato pie? Alan says it's good, but what do you say? Oh, it needed some more sugar. Or oh, it needed this. I mean, we just we just like that. That's the but that, you may not be your culture. Don't do that yet. <laughs> you got to create that. <laughs> That's just me and my household because I, I don't want to get y'all in trouble. But we we do that. We 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 have that relationship. We're just brutally honest with one another. 
and called each other on the carpet in a minute. And what some people will probably end up in divorce. He hurt me. She hurt. We we just toughened through it, you know. I mean, but that's just the way we are. I'm not saying you got to do that. Some of y'all might have to walk around eggshells and you know and, and do the sandwich approach. But with us, we do not sandwich approach. We don't say you look good and then say, hey, that was horrible. We say that was horrible from the beginning, and then we'll end up in the glory. <laughs> Amen. Um, so God did not save you so that you can be a Christian, live this Christian life alone. And once again, we talked about church hurt. Some have idolized their hurt, their church hurt over the commandment of the Lord to get together. So stop using church hurt as an excuse for not going to church. It's not an excuse. You will not be able to say to the Lord Jesus on that great day, I did not go to the assembly every week because I was hurt by that pastor, that bishop, that sister, that usher. I mean, some ushers are real main. Um, uh, that praise and worship leader. I was hurt. And God says, you idolized that hurt over my commandment. You put your feelings over your faith. You're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Includes feelings. Next time somebody tells you about church hurt, you tell them about the truth of God. Baby, I understand that you were hurt, but that does not give you an excuse to stay home Sunday after Sunday. Your hurt feelings will send you to hell. God never calls us alone, but to his people. He's made you weak so that you can be interdependent on your brothers and your sisters. I love Bishop Hezekiah's song. We, um, we need each other. I forget the, the title of the song. Um, I need you to survive. Uh, that is a truth that we need each other. There are no long rangers in this race, we need other brothers and sisters. We are, we are anticipating the ultimate gathering. So this gathering every Sunday and other gatherings around the world is in preparation for the ultimate gathering. Check this out. If you can't come to the now gathering, you won't be able to go to the forever gathering. <laughs> If you don't enjoy church people now, you're not going to enjoy church people if you go to heaven. We need it's just it's a preparation. Um, I, one one quartet um, group says that this is just a rehearsal. We are rehearsing for the great production, for the great day. Do y'all see that? Us coming together, us singing hallelujah. As <laughs> you know, it, it takes faith to sing when you don't feel like singing. You know, you deserve it. Oh, my. Oh, <laughs> do you really deserve it? Your mind may be wondering, oh, but life is hard. Nobody said life is going to be easy. He said he'll give you grace if you humble yourself. Every Christ-centered gathering is an expression of our union with him and with each other before God's heavenly throne. Each of, our, each of our gatherings week by week should be with a great anticipation of the ultimate assembly of God's people around his throne in the new creation. We're going to be together with our brothers and our sisters. A Christian congregation 
is God's temple where his spirit dwells. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. The main purpose of our regular gatherings is not to evangelize unbelievers, but to worship God as an expression of our fellowship in Christ. We belong together because we are we are we both heard this one gospel, received the same spirit, being united as members in the one body of Christ. You are my brother and you are my sister in Christ. We have come to meet our heavenly father, our big brother Jesus, and the precious Holy Spirit, our teacher, our guide, and our comforter. Since Abraham and his descendants, God has been gathering a people to himself. David Peterson says, we encounter God by listening to what he has revealed to us in scripture and by responding to the work of his son as the gospel directs. The gift of his spirit enables us to minister his truth to one another and to take our part in the building of his church. This is a great kingdom that we are part of. God confronts us as we pray together, as we confess our sins to one another, as we confess the word, as we observe the Lord's Supper, as we sing and hear the word of God together. Why do we gather? To worship God as a family in Jesus. Let me give you some elements of corporate worship. I'm almost finished. Elements of corporate worship. I only have two pages, which is unusual. I usually have three, and that's back and forth, front and back. All right, here are some elements of corporate worship. You need to have these elements in order for it to be corporate worship. All right, so the first one is singing. Singing. Scriptural songs, a spirit-filled and spirit-led songs. Um, the song of the Lord. So let's go to a few scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. 18 and 19. It says, and do not get do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And, and what's the next part? Addressing one another. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So let's look at it. It says, don't be drunk with wine where there's access to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So one of the indicators that you and I are filled with the Spirit is that we're going to sing. We're going to sing, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing. And making melody to who? The Lord. All right. And so Minister Allen just finished singing, helping us, addressing us, singing to the Lord. What was he doing? He was singing psalms, spiritual songs, and a hymn. Let's go to Colossians. Colossians. I'm going to break those down in a second. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Notice Colossians says, being filled with the Spirit. No, Ephesians says, being filled with the Spirit. Colossians says, being filled with the Word. And guess what? They produce the same thing. 
Ephesians says, being filled with the Spirit. Colossians says, let the word or the words of Christ dwell in you richly. So together, the word and the Spirit will produce the same result. It will produce praise and worship, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So let's take this. What is a psalm? A psalm is a spiritual poem. So when we talk about so, so you think about the, the 150 psalms, right? We have those are spiritual poems. They are they could they could be sung to the Lord. Some churches they sing, come before his presence and sing and make a joyful noise. And that's good. That that needs to be incorporated, incorporated in our services. Of the singing or the speaking or the reading of the psalms. There's power in that. And so a psalm is a spiritual poem. Spiritual song is a song that brings forth the revelation of the word that the Holy Spirit give, is, has given. It's a, a song that brings forth the revelation of the word. And so sometimes you have um, the song, what we call the song of the Lord. And in the midst of us singing the, the songs that were written, we, we, um, that person will get an utterance in the songs. And they'll sing a, a something that they didn't think about. And out of their spirit comes and they're singing, you know. You know, you're greater than all, and, and it goes on and, and begins to edify. When that happens, that's the song of the Lord, spiritual song. So you have the psalm, like the psalms, a spiritual poem. It could be spoken or it could be sung, and then you have spiritual song. And then the last one is hymns. Now, hymns are not those books that you go to some churches that they have the songs that were written in 1800s, 1600s, and 1500s. That is not what this Bible, this, these two scriptures are referring to. It is simply, check this out, in the Hebrew, Greek, it simply means a song of praise addressed to God. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having those books. You know, they didn't have PowerPoint back then in the day. <laughs> we got a new day, right? A proclaim. Um, but a, a hymn is simply a song of praise addressed to God. So we got songs that sing about God and we sing to each other. And we have songs that sing directly to the Lord. Are y'all with me? All of it is praise. I used to think that just only the songs directed to the Lord is praise. But it, it really isn't. It's some of the songs that we sing, you know, um, you name some songs that we sing that's not necessarily directed to the Lord. How great is our God? Because it's talking about, we just, we're not really singing directly to, each, to the Lord, but to each other. How great is our God? That, that's, that's praise. But a hymn is a song addressed to God. What's the song that is addressed to the Lord? Great are you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> Great are you, Lord. So that's not necessarily singing to each other, but it's singing to the Lord. What's another song? I need thee. I need thee. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. That's by Keith Green. Check him out. That's my mentor from afar. <laughs> He's home with Jesus. And I, after Jesus and my dad and some other people, I'm going to see Keith Green. <laughs> Keith Green, I'm telling you, his book changed my life. He got a book. Uh, there's a, um, his wife wrote a book after he died called No Compromise. I read that in one night. 300 pages. That, that's when I was a teenager. I read it in one night. Changed my life. I bought all his music. Listen to his preaching. I mean, he will change your life. Just his passion for Jesus. But anyway, that's a, neither here nor there. Um, oh, Lord, you're beautiful. So songs directed to God is a hymn, and songs that are um, sung to one another, that's, that could be a psalm or a spiritual song, but a spiritual song is a song that has a revelation, is revelatory with a word from God. Amen. 
So, so we're to sing songs. We're to sing So part of our corporate worship is singing. We need to sing. Over 116 times, God commands us to sing. Get in the practice of singing. How many, let's have a transparent moment. How many of y'all do not like singing? Raise your hand. Is there anybody here? Okay. Get out of your comfort zone and practice singing to the Lord. And when we're together, open your mouth and sing. Even if you don't like the song. Dang, they sing that song. I don't like that song. It doesn't matter. If they sing this, don't do this. Please don't do this. Um, sing the same song over and over and over and over and over and over every Sunday. It's okay. Because as long as it's to the Lord, it's okay. But singing, practice singing to the Lord. The next part of an element of corporate worship is God-centered, Christ-exalting, spirit-led, spirit-filled, expository, and topical preaching. I know that's a lot. God-centered, Christ-exalting, spirit-led, spirit-filled, expository, and topical preaching. God gives glory. God-centered, God-centered, Christ-exalting, spirit-led, and spirit-filled, expository, and topical preaching. That's the element of every church should aim for that. It's the message centered around God. God-centered. Christ-exalting. Is Christ exalted in the message? Is it spirit-led? Is it spirit-filled? Expository. Unpacking the point of the text. What is the point of the text? What is the original artist? author is trying to say what is he saying what's the point of the passage that's expository topical is and I say I talk about prayer and I find scriptures in its right setting that support prayer it's topical it's not necessarily expository all right so that needs to be part of our corporate worship God gets glory when we're preaching I was talking to somebody and they, and they was talking about how um, they not necessarily like the way that Preaching is in the center and makes it seem like the person is is higher than the person, the lay people. But that's not the point. The point is not the focus is not necessarily me. It's the word. The word is the center. The word gives us instruction. Now, the next part of our element of corporate worship, we have not been as successful um, with this. We, we actually are failing in this area on a consistent basis. It's public reading of scripture, the public reading of scripture. That's old and new covenant. Um, we have done some in the past, and we're going to get back in it because God gets glory when there is the public reading of Scripture. I actually want to develop a ministry just for the public reading of Scripture so that when a person gets up, they are familiar with the passage, they understand the meaning of it, and they're reading from understanding. They're reading with passion. They know the emotion of the, um, the mode or the emotion of the passage, and they're able to read it with from that standpoint. God gets glory because he wants us to hear his word. There's something about it. Then there's the Lord's Supper, us rightly discerning the Lord's body. That is important. Of course, then there's water baptism. That's part of the corporate worship. Unfortunately, here we don't have a water baptism pool, but we have um, Ocean Grove, Ocean? 
<laughs> beach. I'm sorry. And then we have also friends who will allow us to use their water baptism pool, which we not necessarily happy about, but we rather go to the ocean. <laughs> uh -huh. And then there's the presenting of God's tithe and offering up to the Lord. So don't see when you pay your tithes to give your offering that you're just doing a favor, like, oh, I'm, I'm helping the church out. Let me just help you. Know, I got to pay my tithes, right? It's worship. You're giving, you're paying your tithes, you're giving your offering. God receives that as worship. If you look at it as a duty, which is, it is a duty, but out of, I got to do this, then it's no longer worship. You're just giving your money away. And don't y'all stop it. Nah, I need to get my heart right. It don't take that long to get your heart right. It's a matter of moments. <laughs> a matter of moments. Let me get right. <laughs> I'm going to hold back because my heart ain't right. And 20 years later, my heart still ain't right, Pastor. I'm trying to work on it. <laughs> All right. Um, a confession of faith. That's, that's another element of corporate worship. A confession of faith, but both for what we're believing for and a historical creed. I'm still working. We used to do um, either like the Nicene Creed or the Apostle Creed or the Word Man Flesh Creed. I'm thinking through that a little bit more. And so we're going to bring that back, but I'm just kind of praying about it and, and digging into it a little bit more. So we're going to bring that back. But that's what the earlier Christians did. They spoke a word of what they believed. We got the church declaration, which we made part of prayer. And so these are things we're believing for. So we're declaring certain things. And then the last is opportunities to minister salvation or infilling of the Holy Spirit or healing of the gifts of the Spirit in operation. God gets glory when people are saved in our services. Now, our corporate gathering is not for, it's not the focus. Evangelism is not the focus of our corporate gathering. But if unbelievers come, then at that time, they should come to know Christ, if possible. And then those who are not filled with the Spirit, they should come and receive the Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And those who need healing, they should receive healing. And those that, and in the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, tongues, and, and the gift of faith, and so forth, should be in operation. God gets glory out of that. When, when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, it brings glory to God. Amen? Amen. So individual and private worship fuel family worship, which fuel corporate worship. God wants to inhabit our worship as a church family. So real quick, let me give you the application of this great sermon. How to prepare for corporate worship. I'm glad you asked. So how do you prepare for Sunday? One is you need to spend time with God throughout the week, both in private and family worship. Spend time. So if you're taking notes, you can put spend time with God throughout the week. And that includes private and family worship. Everyone needs to spend time with God daily throughout the week. It's going to make corporate worship better. Number two, pray for Sunday's gathering. Pray for Sunday's gathering. When the last time you prayed for Sunday, Lord, anoint the pastor, anoint the ministers, anoint the elders, anoint the guest speaker. Lord, I pray for Sunday's gathering. May the songs be anointed. May, 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 may children's church be out of this world. May children come and understand you better. May, tithes, may, may the offerings and the tithes and offerings be above what we believe in for. And Lord, I pray that people will come to faith. People will get filled. People will get healed. And, and, and Lord, you may speak a word of prophecy to your people. You need to pray for the, the Sunday gathering. 
Next one is pray for your pastor. Pray for the pastor. Pray that he or she may be anointed and that God wants to use them. May God use them for the glory of God. The next one is to ask the Holy Spirit. This is number four. The first one is to spend time with God throughout the week. Number two is to pray for Sunday's gatherings. Number three, pray for the pastor. Number four, ask the Holy Spirit how you can contribute to Sunday's gathering. Holy Spirit, what can I bring to the table? Don't ask what your church can do for you. Ask what you can do for your church. How, what can you bring? Not only um, your tithes and your offering, but your spirit, your, your anointing, what God has given you, your grace. What can I do? Can I get there a little early? Can I um, iron, iron <laughs> um, vacuum the floor, clean the bathrooms, bring some water for the pastor? <clears throat> Um, since y'all like to drink the water anyway, um, do whatever, whatever you like to do. Uh, ask the Lord, how can I contribute to Sunday's gathering? All right. The next one is come to corporate worship early with a spirit of prayer, with a spirit of prayer. So if you don't come, come early so you can pray. Prayer start is supposed to start at 930. So you get here at 930. Let's pray. All right. And the next one is to bring your tithes and offering. The tithe is determined by God and the offering is determined by you. So you want to bring that to the to the to the gatherings. It's it, 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 that's part of your worship. God in, incorporated that from the begin, very beginning. And last is invite someone to church. Invite someone to church. Father, I do thank you for this time to minister Concerning corporate worship, may our corporate worship services be received by you. May you be worshiped. May you be glorified. May you get glory out of things we say and do in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.